Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 13 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm your host, Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you're here today. I just want to welcome you. Now, today I'm going to be talking about the hard questions that your teen has. But before I get started doing that, I want to give you a little bit of my parenting history. So here goes. When my kids were little, I used several different strategies with them for the questions that they asked. Now, the first one is honesty. Honesty is a huge deal in our family. So I always tried to answer my kids' questions truthfully, even when it would have been easier to fib, like, am I gonna get shots at this doctor's appointment we're going to? Well, yes, yes you are. And are they gonna hurt mom? Yes, they're gonna hurt, but I'll be right there with you. I'll be holding your hand or I can even hold you if you want me to. So those kinds of questions where it would have been easier for me to tell a little fib and say, oh, you'll be fine, it'll all be great, which was true, but it wasn't the whole truth. My husband and I, we really tried to be very truthful because for us, that was a way to, build trust with our kids so that they knew when they asked us a question, we were going to give them the truth to the best of our abilities. My kids also had questions that had absolutely no answers sometimes. And for those, I'd tell them, hey, that's a heaven question. We're going to have to ask God once we get there. But we would imagine answers to those kinds of questions as well. I didn't shut them down and just say, hey, that's a heaven question. We're not even going to talk about it. We'd talk about why animals can't talk, or why we can't time travel, or how big is the universe really. But I also let them know that it was okay to not have answers to those questions, that there is going to be a time and a place where we will be able to get them someday in heaven. And then there were what I called suitcase questions. Now, This was a strategy that I adopted after I read one of Corey Ten Boom's books. I think it was The Hiding Place, which is her amazing story about surviving the Holocaust. If you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. I've included it in my show notes in case you want to link to that and get it because it's an amazing book. Anyway, in the book, her father, she shares a, a story about her father that led me to kind of the suitcase question strategy. And here's how it worked in our family, because it was just, I thought it was a brilliant way to handle the kind of questions that have or had answers that were a little bit beyond the maturity level of whichever one of my children was asking. Questions that had answers that might be actually more traumatic for them than not telling them. Things like rape and suicide and abortion and murder and kidnapping. Stuff that has the potential to traumatize a six or seven year old rather than informing them or educating them in, you know, like a beneficial way. So things that were too heavy for where they were developmentally. And here's how it played out. At some point, and I can't remember when it was exactly or what trip we were taking, but we were getting ready for a trip and we had several suitcases packed up and sitting in our, um, our the entryway near the door. Now, around this time, as we were getting ready and packing up, one of my kids asked one of these kind of suitcase type questions where 
I knew that the answer was a little bit too heavy for them to carry at their age. So here's what I had them do. I said, okay, before I answer that question, I want you guys to try to carry these suitcases to the car. And of course the suitcases were almost as big as they were at that point. They were, they were little. And so they tried and they tried, they tried to drag them, they tried to lift them. And of course they couldn't. So I jumped in to help them and we got them to the car together with me doing the heavy lifting. So once we were done, I explained that the answer to the question that they had asked was like the suitcases. The answers were too heavy for them to handle by themselves right now. They weren't quite in a place where they could pick it up yet, but just like with the suitcases, eventually they would have grown enough to be able to pick up those answers, to handle those answers. And until then, I'd carry that information for them. And they got it. It was a little bit abstract, but I think with, with the visual of trying to pick up those suitcases, they got it. And because we are so honest with them and had been, you know, from the beginning, they trusted what we were telling them. They trusted that we knew that whatever the answer was, was a little bit beyond the maturity level. And so they trusted that. And from that point on, if my kids asked a question that was beyond the maturity level, all I'd have to say is, hey, you know what? That's a suitcase question. And they'd say, okay, like, let us know when you can tell us. And I'd say, okay, just remember to ask me again. And not that that ever happened, but it was just a really great way to let them know, hey, that that's more than I want to be able to share with you right now. And when you are more mature, I'll let you know. Now that strategy was great while it lasted, but now at 14 and 16, suitcase questions don't really fly because that doesn't really apply anymore, right? Like they are mature enough to know and understand what's going on around them. And and in fact, I think it would it would be doing them a disservice if I didn't give them answers and grapple with the more serious issues that could be scary or really hard to talk about, honestly. But I know that my teens, and quite frankly, I'm fairly confident that yours too, are faced with all kinds of hard things on a daily basis. Things that bring up difficult questions about morality or tragic, devastating situations that prompt questions about fairness and fate and people in positions of authority acting in ways that are at best misguided and at worst cruel and discriminatory, which bring up questions about responsibility and integrity and justice. And while I am thankful that with their questions, my teens are really giving me glimpses into what's going on in their heads and their hearts about these hard things. Sometimes the questions just knock the breath out of me. You know what I'm talking about. The questions that make your stomach drop like you're on a roller coaster and cause a full body sweat. Now, they might be questions about like the state of the world and your personal opinion about it, like with politics or tragedies, natural disasters, maybe social issues or things that have happened in history. Or it might even be tragedies that touch their own lives closely or not. Things like death or the illness of a friend's parent or that kid at school who has been suspended for bad choices or the death of a relative. It might be questions about your past, like 
did you ever do drugs, mom? Or who did you date before dad? Or what was your worst mistake? Or if you're like me, it might even be a question that you would never in a million years think of or imagine that your kid is throwing your way. Now, if I'm being honest, there are times when I wanna brush off my teen's questions, maybe use my Jedi mind tricks to distract them with something else, or even cut them off with kind of a very brisk, I don't know, or, or whatever it is to try to turn them away from the topic. But I found that if I can take a breath and check myself, give myself a second to think, their questions are sometimes an opportunity in disguise and a chance to walk into a whole new level of relationship with them. Along those lines, I am offering five tips or strategies today for tackling those hard questions with your teen and turning them into connectedness instead. So here are those tips. Number one, you really have to know your yourself. And here's what I mean by that. Teens are really good at challenging you and drilling down to get to the bottom of your beliefs and your thoughts. And knowing what you believe and why you believe it really goes a long way in being prepared for a deep conversation with your teen. Now, you don't have to figure out everything, but what I'm suggesting is that you figure out those issues that are really important to you, the issues, values, and beliefs that are really, really the priorities that you have. Being able to have a speaking knowledge of those things that you stand for is really gonna give you cred with your teen that you might not have if they are pummeling you with questions and you just are staring at them blankly. Like they're not gonna have a whole lot of respect for that, I promise you. Now, the other thing about knowing yourself is this. We've all done things in our past that we are probably not proud of. I'm, I'm first in that line friends, very first in that line. So deciding what you're willing to tell your teen and what you're not willing to tell them about your personal experiences is something you should really think about before you're faced with that conversation, again, where they're pummeling you with personal questions. There are lots of things that you can share with your teen without giving over all the details. I'm certainly not suggesting that you pretend like you were perfect in the past or now or or whatever. But for instance, you can share maybe that you made bad decisions when you were in college, but you don't have to share their specifics. And if they do ask you directly what those bad decisions were, you can tell them maybe a general topic, like maybe they were bad decisions with dating or bad decisions with alcohol or bad decisions with how you handled your academic life. But you don't have to spell it all out because the point in sharing those kinds of stories about yourself is really the lesson that you learned. It's not about giving them the juicy details. Then. Number two thing, the number two tip that I have for you is something that I've said several times before in previous episodes, and that is take a deep breath. So number one, know yourself. Number two, in the moment when your teen has asked you a really hard question, take a deep breath. Now, I know I'm always harping on this, but it really works because 
it switches off that lizard brain that that pops up when you're faced with one of those kind of fight or flight situations where you've gotten that adrenaline burst. If you can just take that deep breath, it resets you and puts you back into a place where you can think logically. Plus, it gives you some time to decide what you want to say next and, and how you're going to respond. So always, always, always take that deep breath. The third thing would be to ask good questions. First of all, you want to figure out what they're really after when they're asking a hard question. Why are they asking it? Do they want to just have you listen to them and listen to their ideas and opinions? Do they want a solution if it's kind of a problem? Do they want your opinion? So before you inundate your teen with your opinion, figure out what it is that they want first. You also want to get their take on whatever it is that they're asking you about, especially if it's like something political or an issue, because maybe they've been studying about it in school and they want to talk about it. So getting their take on it, figuring out why they're asking, what direction they're hoping to go in is really helpful because chances are if they're asking, they already have a good idea of what they think. And if you lay out your judgment or your solution, it really might squelch their desire to share not only in the moment, but in the future as well. So you really wanna be curious and ask those open-ended questions, the ones that don't have a yes, no answer. And also you wanna be really open to their answers and the fact that their beliefs or thoughts or their priorities might be really different than your own. So, so far we have number one, know yourself. Number two, take a deep breath. Number three, ask good questions. And then number four, I've already touched on this earlier, which is be honest. And answers like, I don't know, or even, hey, you know what? I'm not really comfortable sharing you know, fill in the blank, but I can share this. Those are all legitimate answers and they're legitimate as long as they're not, you know, showstoppers, as long as you're not throwing them out there to kind of cut off the conversation, cut off the communication that you're having with your teen. So as long as they're to continue the conversation, those are totally legit. As I've said in previous episodes, a teen can smell a lie or even an evasion from a mile away. So if you're hesitant to share, just tell them that and explain why. Explain that it might be something that you feel shame about, or it might be something that you're fearful if you share it, they'll feel like they have permission to make the same mistake, or it might be a fear that your answer might hurt them. So again, those are all valid as well. So being honest is super important, especially because it's gonna help you build trust with them. If they know that they can come to you with any question, you're gonna answer them honestly, then that just goes a long way to creating that connectedness Con, excuse me, connectedness between you. The last point that I have here, the last tip, number five, is to keep it short and only answer what they've asked. Now, my dad has this saying that we laugh about, and I tend to do the same thing, and it goes something like this. You asked me what time it is, and I told you how to build a watch. Sometimes we mistake a simple question for a really complex one. And keeping it short and clarifying what they wanna know can really help you avoid the watch building trap. And I know maybe you've done this when you when your kids were little, I know I did, where they'd ask something and I'd give them this big, huge, long explanation and they'd look at me with that kind of 
blank stare and be like, mom, I just wanted to know blah, blah, blah. And you know, again, I've told them how to build a watch. So keep it short. So again, our five tips here are know yourself, take a deep breath, ask good questions, be honest, and keep it short. So those are my five tips for you for really being able to field those hard questions that your teens are gonna throw your way. For me, the questions I find hardest to answer aren't the ones about me or my opinions or my past. Really, it's the questions that have answers that are gonna open my kids' eyes to the bad stuff in the world, the cruelty and the mayhem and the evil that exists out there. The things that expose them to the intentional pain and terror that some people choose to inflict on others out there. Those are so hard for me to talk to my kids about. And not that I, I'm uncomfortable doing it, but it, it just rips me up to have to kind of pull the curtain back, so to speak, on those things for them. And I would say one of the hardest conversations my husband and I have ever had was with my son when he was 12. And it was the first time he really grasped what had happened on 9-11. Now on 9-11, he was literally like two days shy of being a month old when it happened. And at the time we lived about five minutes from Dulles Airport, which is where one of the planes had taken off from that was used during the attack on 9-11. Now, when he asked us about it at age 12, we showed him the pictures that we had taken of kind of the gaping hole in the Pentagon. And we talked about just kind of the nationwide trauma that was experienced. We watched a documentary about how everything unfolded. And as we did that, and as we had discussions initially, um, I just remember that first night when we were really getting into talking about what happened and how it affected everyone, he wept and my heart just broke. I could I could cry even just now talking about it. Like my heart broke all over again. And he asked questions like, and kept asking them over and over, like, why, why would those men do that? Why did this happen? Like, how could it have been stopped? I mean, it was heartbreaking. So this is really difficult in those moments for whatever the reason is, whether you're uncomfortable or whether it's heartbreaking, whatever it is, hard questions are truly a part of our everyday life. In fact, just this past week, one of our teens asked, so what should I do if there's a shooter at my school? Which is a totally valid question right now, right? He's at a school where from the time and my daughter too, from the time they started kindergarten, they've been doing lockdown drills in their classrooms. I'm sure they do that across the United States. I, I doubt that I'm speaking to anybody right now. If your child is in a public school or a private school, anywhere other than homeschool, that they practice those kinds of drills because that's a very real possibility, right? So he's asking, what should I do if there's a shooter in my school? And I'm thinking, how do I even respond to that? Because my husband and I knew that he wasn't asking about those lockdown procedures. What he he wanted was reassurance and a guarantee that everything's going to be okay and that if something happens we have a strategy that will save him but the hard harsh reality is there are no guarantees and that's tough right like that's tough to 
to convey to your kid, like, we don't have a guarantee that everything's going to be all right and we're going to live happily ever after. Nobody has that guarantee. So really, to me, that's what these hard questions are about. There are no guarantees. Life could be really hard and messy, but we're in it together. And that's what we keep coming back to is, hey, this is hard. This is tough. This is real and truthful, but we're in this together and we're here for you. And life can be beautiful and there are amazing moments and wonderful things as well. But you got to get through those hard questions first. And now that you're armed with these five strategies, I hope that you can look at these hard questions from your teen as a gift. Questions that give you insight into who your teen is becoming. And if you're lucky, give you an opportunity to plant some of your hard-won wisdom and knowledge into them. Now, I'd love to hear about the hard questions that you've talked about with your teen. And to do that, I would love for you to join the discussion on my Facebook page, which is at facebook.com forward slash the ish girl, T-H-E-I-S-H. G-I-R-L, or you can comment on the webpage for this episode, which is at theishgirl.com forward slash EP13 for episode 13. And you can also email me at amy at theishgirl.com. I would love to hear about those really difficult, challenging questions that your teens have thrown your way. I'd also love to invite you to sign up for my resource library. You can follow the link in the show notes here on iTunes, or you can go to my website at theishgirl.com and click on the free resources button that is right there at the very top on the right of the front page. And when you do that, you'll also be signing up for my weekly newsletter. And I just like to emphasize that I share stories and details within the emails that I send each week about these episodes that I don't include anywhere else. So if you want to get kind of exclusive behind the scenes information and stories about me and my family and how things roll around here at the Kelly House, I would love to share that with you. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. And from an ish girl who won't be sharing any details about her college capers with her teens anytime soon. It is all about connection, not perfection.